Ah, boom. All right. Tap time. Hello and welcome to the TNN show. Uh, this is going to be a weekly show from now on. This is the first episode where we do a review and preview of the weekends and the oncoming weekend section. So, hello, I'm Tinashe and uh, this is Nigel. We're going to be previewing uh, the beginning of the Premier League, the, the start. Mm. So we're going to start with the Premier League uh, for the first uh, few segments. And we want to talk about Arsenal. Arsenal kicked us off uh, this weekend. I think it was, yeah, it was the first kickoff, right? the lunchtime kickoff versus Fulham. And they won 3-0. So I'm just going to be asking Nigel yeah, to give me what, what he noticed about Arsenal, what's new about Arsenal, what's different. And can they do something uh, this this season? Uh, Arsenal, for me, I was I won't lie, I was pretty impressed. I think um, the thing that impressed me the most was they seemed to have some sort of balance in how they did things when they were defending and when they were attacking. Different from when uh, what's his name Emery was there, where I thought there was it was kind of disjointed. You could literally tell, like, there's something, there's something wrong. But yeah, they seem to, to have some balance, and uh, I still don't think, like I said, up front is honestly what they need. But you know, I think he's okay, he's all right. But so for me, you're, I, you're already highlighting that they need maybe another center forward. Which center forward do you think? Okay, not amongst the the ones they can go and buy, but with the current squad, is there anyone else better than Lacazette? No, I simply think it's a thing of, um, I think one thing you can try out is get Aubameyang down the middle. I think he's going to score 10 more goals if he goes down the middle. And uh, maybe have William come off the left this time instead of the right. And then have Pepe come off the right. I think that's something he can try. Um, Yeah, but... Going forward, I think Obama will always help them, so there's no real issue there. Um, defensively, though, uh, I think they were better. Uh, maybe it's because they had Bellerian now fully fit, Tierney's there as well. You know, uh, Saliba made a mistake. It's first like two minutes of the game. One minute, I don't know. What was it, Saliba uh, or the other guy? Isn't it? Isn't oh, sorry, he called Gabriel or something like that? Yeah. Gabriel made a mistake first two minutes. But other than that, I think he was he was pretty good. He was pretty good uh throughout the whole game. Although Fulham Fulham for me helped I mean helped Arsenal. Because you look at the the front players, they didn't do enough for me. I think they did okay in terms of keeping the ball sometimes when they could. I think the midfield did a decent job. But it's just that attacking, they, they, they looked flat going forward. They looked flat. Yeah, this is my thought. But I think Arsenal, after, well, it's just the first game, but I think, yeah, I think so, they look good. So this, this, is, good. this is just you just telling the, the Arsenal fans that don't get too excited. Okay, Arsenal officers bet for them. Yeah, don't get too excited. 
Don't get it. Oh, <laughs> man. oh man, you're bad. But now let's look at this. A guy like Lagazet, who obviously watches this show, he's tweeted about our show uh, a lot of times. He scores a goal and he gets told that it's not good enough for us now. Is, is this some type of hate towards Lagazet or what? Look, here's the thing for me. When I'm watching football, yes, you can get a, you can get a goal, right? But what type of goal is it? Is it, you know, if you look at the goal he scored, I mean, I could be, I could have been standing there. <laughs> I wouldn't have missed, you know, but you look at the way he plays as well sometimes. Sometimes it's like when he's good, he's very good. You know, I like him when he's very good. But sometimes he just goes missing in games. And he looks like he doesn't want to be there, or he's, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. And I, I think I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, so, but then we can't talk about Arsenal's performance without, you know, giving a shout out to your former player, to the best player on the day, three assists from William. He was good. I'm salty, but he was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, at least you're very honest about it. Okay, let's let's move on from Arsenal now. Now uh, let's just look at the other big match of the of the day on Saturday, Leeds huh. versus Liverpool. Oh, how impressive were Leeds? Leeds, for me, I think it's if they play like that consistently, I, I, automatic top ten, top maybe even if I throw it in the top seven, you know. But because I, I I think. Again, Van Dyke, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I, I don't know what's going on with those two guys. What do you mean? Uh, it's almost as if Van Dyke has become a passenger in a way. Because you look at, 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 at Liverpool, they weren't, they weren't really pressing that high for whatever reason. I don't know when they usually do, they're very good. But at the same time, you look at the goals they conceded, balls over the top, you know, runners, you know, going behind them. Um, it's almost as if they, they, they don't have that line anymore. You know, if we start going tactically, you know, into things, you start to look like, it looks like they're almost disjointed, where you have maybe the, the right back and drop too deep, and then you play someone onside or, you know, just simple things like that. I don't know whether it's a thing of um, the getting complacent or concentration. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but it needs to be sorted out. But otherwise, honestly, if they sort that out, it's Liverpool at the very best again. Of course, I picked Liverpool to win this game before kickoff. I picked them to win the Premier League because I think they're going to win the Premier League. But I get what you're saying, that they went high enough, they didn't press enough, but maybe it's just a case of scary, scary leads. They were scared of Leeds United. This yeah, team is I scary. That's, that's what I'm saying. Credit to Leeds as well, because they saw it and they took, they, they, they were playing the balls over the top. You know, it's, it's, it's like when we watched uh, Bayern Munich and Paris and Germain, the whole game was like, why aren't they playing? Why isn't PSG playing that ball over the top? Because of high, how high Bayern Munich were. It was very surprising, but you know, Leeds 
you know, put it into effect and it works for them. Okay, however, however, how how impressive Leeds were they still lost the game, three points to Liverpool. Let's talk about this. I remember the last time we did this, there was there were some people who were making noise about how <laughs> Lionel Messi was going to be the player of the season. And uh-huh. my pick just on opening day just goes out there, gets me a hat trick. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Give us your thoughts on more okay. side, bro. I honestly it's two penalties, guys. Come on. I mean, yeah, look, he's gonna Bruno be there Fernandes to score them. He's gonna be there to score them. Okay, okay. Yeah. But but for me, he's not he's not good enough. Outside of that, you understand what I'm saying? Not that he's a terrible player. I think he's, I think, here's what I think about Mo Salah. I think he's a finisher, right? I think he can finish. I think he's uh, probably a Harry Kane, you know? Harry Kane isn't the most amazing when it comes to, you know, the, the little touches and the, you know, oh, you know, he looks like a footballer. You know, he's yeah. No, 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 He's a finisher. When he gets a chance, nine times out of ten, you know, it's in the back of the net. You know, but uh, I guess that's what he's good at. I guess that's what he's good at. But I, I, I don't like him. I don't like Liverpool. <laughs> mm. No, I see. I understand. But then, I mean, if he finishes as he says he's a finisher if he finishes mm. let's say 30 more on top of these three gets 33 he's Premier not, League goals he's not getting 30 goals he's gonna be the player of the season he's not getting 30 goals put some respect that on Salah's name he's not getting 30 goals this season Watch. why not he's not even what he's not even gonna if he goes past 20 like I said, I think I already said it in, my, in the previous uh, episode. Said so if he goes past twenty, I'll, I'll send everybody a hundred. There's <laughs> to you, Mo Salah. Just seventeen more goals, I get a hundred bucks from this guy. And I don't know how many other fans, thousands of fans who watch this channel, <laughs> they they each get a hundred. That's gonna be something like hundred k. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, since Liverpool uh, got their three points versus Leeds, their next fixture is the one we're going to be looking at now. They're going to be traveling to London at Stamford Bridge to take on the Chelsea. I want Andrew mm. to give me a preview of that game and uh, the time of recording. Chelsea haven't yet played their first match, but I mean, yeah, we've got to preview the big, the big games. Do Chelsea stand any chance versus this Liverpool team? I think they stand big chance against this Liverpool team. I think if you look at even Chelsea, Liverpool last season, um, you see that Liverpool were getting, were having some problems uh, handling Chelsea. Um, they m- might have won the games, but you know they had some problems. And in the FA Cup, we beat them. So I think, I think maybe it's. Uh, you know, if certain players are fit, if certain players are on points, then I think three points is available. But I still fear for that Chelsea defense. I still think if Thiago Silva doesn't play that game, he's not ready or, you know, something along those lines, 
I think Liverpool win it regardless. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. And for me, it's still, I haven't seen Chelsea play this season. So I don't know what we're going to get. Are they going to gel right off the bat against Brighton? You know, are they going to have some issues? You know, that kind of thing. So it's pretty interesting. But I, I think I'll back my team on this one. Okay, no, just to put your neck on the line. Give us a prediction. Uh, off the top, uh, I think I'll go 2 1 Chelsea. 2 1 Chelsea. Okay. Everyone save those predictions. Nigel says Chelsea is going to beat Liverpool 2 1. Maybe Christian Pulisic brace or Timo Venner is going to get a goal. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> now to a rather more depressing topic for Nigel. His uh, favorite manager got whooped yesterday. The scoreline, I think, is a flattery to Tottenham. Tottenham versus Everton. How bad was that? I think that was the worst Tottenham performance I've seen in a while, if I'm being honest. They, 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 even the decision-making in the final third from Son, Harry Kane, Dele Ali, it was just... It was, it was, really, it was really bad. But all credit to Everton, though, because I think, I think they played, they played well. That three-man midfield is doing the job. It's doing the job. You know, I've been seeing the memes around of James Rodriguez with his left foot. I, I think, I think he did pretty decent yesterday. And that header from Calvert Klein, from Calvert Lewis. Ah, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was something special. But I, I think <sighs> Tottenham, they don't have that, 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 that punch at the moment. Like I remember I was watching the All or Nothing documentary and Jose was complaining about them being too nice. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> were nice think, yesterday. And I think yesterday they were too nice. I, think, I just hope it's not one of those where Jose Mourinho ends up falling out with the players and then, you know, Starts complaining, and then you know we've we've seen it happen so many times with Jose Mourinho. Yeah, yesterday when I was watching the match, I have to be honest with you, I expected a whole lot more from uh, Tottenham. They just didn't give anything, and mm. uh, not to criticize Jose Mourinho or anything, because maybe he had put his trust in a few bad eggs. For me, I'm going to call out Dele Ali. <laughs> that was one useless performance for me. If I could rate it out of 10, mm. giving him a 2 would be very, very sympathetic towards Dele Ali. He just did not do anything. Then when mm. I look at the midfield, uh, Pierre Mel Holberg and uh, Harry Winks, they were just playing sideways passes. Tottenham just looked like they, they weren't going anywhere. They, they didn't have any imagination to their game. Mm always mm-hmm. passing the ball to, to the left back and right back from, from the central midfield and stuff like that. And with the, I think the problem with Tottenham now is because they don't spend much, I don't think Mourinho is going to get a chance to bring someone in into that midfield before the, the window closes. So I don't know if you would, would like to suggest some solutions from the squad of who you could, I don't know, to change this situation because it's looking bad. I think defensively, Tottenham are not that bad. I think they're okay defensively, you know. I think they can get top four with that defense. With Eric Dyer? 
Why not? You don't think so? That guy would be very lucky to even start for Newcastle United. Is he any good? <laughs> the back line? Yeah. Really? I mean, if they play uh, a centre-back, what's his name? Uh, Sanchez. Maybe, maybe, but I don't know why he starts Dyer. Why is he starting Dyer? He's always been a fan of Dyer. Always. You can be a fan, but if someone is not good, they're not good. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's good. Or even when he plays in his so-called best position, in, you know, in that CDM role, I think he's probably one of the worst CDMs in the Premier League. Exactly. <laughs> and putting him at centre-back doesn't help. But I think if they can get Sanchez in there and, you know, someone next to him, Olivarad. Yeah. Olivarad next to him. I think it's okay. I don't think it's, I don't think it's terrible. But the biggest problem I have is that midfield. I, I think that midfield is, yeah, it's, 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 it's stressful. You don't have to be looking. nice. You can, you can really say what you want to say. <laughs> they are weak. If you look at the who's gonna create, who's gonna give the magic in midfield for Tottenham Hotspur, I don't see anyone with that kind of quality. And you would think that them letting go of Christian Eriksen, they would have somebody to come in there and and and. For me, Dele Ali is nowhere consistent enough. He, they need to. I don't know. I don't know whether he's lazy or. I don't know what it is with Dele Ali, but he needs to sit down for, for a little bit. But the other problem is when he sits down, who's going to come in there? You know, who's giving Dele Ali a run for his money? Who's giving Harry Kane a run for his money? Who's giving Son a run for his money? That's the problem with these guys. They know they're going to start every game. So there's no, there's no, Okay, we can complain, but, but there's no, even those forward guys, there's no, like, there's no punch. And he complained about it yesterday, and he was like, the pressing today was, there was, was there definitely, was nothing. yeah, non-existent. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one for them. But I think, you know, if Dele Ali, Harry Kane, and Son are firing on all cylinders, I think Tottenham are good enough. I you, think they're good enough. You pick them for top four? I also picked them for top mm. four. How foolish you're looking at the moment. But I also wanted to say, uh, Jose Mourinho, especially this second season syndrome where he is super good and everything always goes for him. He is usually very, very quick out of the blocks. If you're just looking at Jose Mourinho as an individual, his future, are you getting worried for Jose Mourinho now? Is he going to finish this season with Tottenham? Look, it's just the first game, but you know, I'm like I said, I'm afraid of that. You know, that Jose gets angry, and then he throws out his players. Then you know that, and then everything just crumbles from there. That's what I'm afraid of. But I think if he can, you know, just keep everybody calm and himself calm, then I think, I think, I think he can. I think he's good enough to finish the season. I don't think Tottenham will be as... I don't think they can get any worse than yesterday. <laughs> Surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's talk of them getting maybe Danny Ings just for cover, a striker position, and uh, mm. the guy from Napoli, what's his name? Uh, Akadji Smilik. 
just for cover okay. so that they can have a bit more depth in front. So maybe that will help Mourinho. But I have to be honest with you, Nigel. I am deeply afraid for Mourinho. And I'm more deeply afraid for myself for rooting for this team to make the top four. I don't know if they're going to make the top four. Those were some really, really bad signs. And, okay, not to be harsh on uh, Everton fans because, of course, they, they want us to lavish a bit of praise onto their team. I don't know if we could uh, perhaps talk about Everton's performance as well because they looked quite assured. I think you look at that midfield, you look at the quality they brought in. I think if Allen, someone like Allen can, you know, get his game up again, someone like Yamas, we know the quality he can bring to sides. You know, Decore, I mean, you know, his energy is essential, whatever team he plays for. I think if maybe those guys can perform for Everton, I think they they should be they should be good this season. I think they should be good this season. I think up top, I think Calvert, he's shown that, you know, even when the day is not going good for him, even last season, I think he's shown that he's always he's always working. He's always working. Uh, so I think I, and I think it's good. I think it's good. Just now, can they get that quality from? Can they get that potential from the guys they've brought in? You know, that's probably the most important thing right now. And yesterday, I think they did slam that consistency. Consistency, and I think we're good. I think we're good. And this is just so surprising. Uh, James Rodriguez's debut, he looked really good after I just called him a flop just a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking rather yeah. bad here, but I'm going to stick to my guns. He's going to give mm-hmm. those Everton fans about five more of those games and it's season over for mm-hmm. him. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you know why I called him a flop? I'd yeah. called him a flop because I thought, yes, they were going to use that uh, 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1 formation. And I thought that uh, Carlon Ancelotti was going to put him in the middle where he had to run a lot, where he had to do a lot of work. But then I think this is just to show that uh, credit to a top coach like Ancelotti, who knows yeah. who knows all these things. He knew that maybe if I put Hamis in the middle where he has to run a lot, you'd quickly get spent. So he allowed him to to be creative from the wing, where defensively, perhaps, he doesn't have to work as hard as all the other guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's credit to Carlo. That's credit to Carlo's experience, his technical awareness, the players he has. Uh, I think it was very good. I think it was very good yesterday. But like he said, I think the only thing that can affect him now is consistency. I mean, if you look at pretty much everywhere he's been, He's given some good games here and there, and then he's he just it's just you know it's not consistent enough, yes. and then it goes down from there. I'll be waiting to judge him very very harshly so that I can. <laughs> it can seem that you don't like him. You don't can, like him. <laughs> I, I, I do like him, but then you know I like being right more. Yeah, moving to one of the sour stories uh, out of England uh, this week. Uh, let's talk mm. about this Mason Greenwood thing where he's been uh, caught, uh, you know, smoking, inhaling uh, the laughing gas and stuff like that. And you know how the press is, they've brutalized him. Are they being too harsh on the, on the kid? That's ridiculous. Leave the kid alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's how old is he? 18, 19? Yeah, somewhere there. 
why are you bothering him? He, he's having fun. Okay, maybe the bringing into the girls, bringing the girls into the you know uh, bubble thing was a bit of a mess. You know that should never go. Um, but I mean, laughing gas, really. <laughs> I don't remember. I, <laughs> I don't remember anywhere where I read that it was uh, pretty pretty harmful or dangerous to people and stuff like that. And they're just making a case out of it. I don't understand what the issue is, and that's the problem with the with the English media. They make, they just do funny things, you know. It's almost as if they they are the downfall for their own players sometimes, you know. Too much pressure on them. Too much pressure on them, and then now this where they're just attacking him. For, I mean, the silliest of things. <sighs> Come on, this is not necessary. Yeah, let's move it's on really from nice. that. It's it's not a nice topic anyway. We've all made mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. yeah, of course, uh, one of uh, the bigger teams not to play this weekend got their matches postponed mm-hmm. was uh, Manchester United. Mm-hmm. There's still questions uh, on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, even though he gave them uh, top four last season. Is he mm-hmm. the guy who's going to take United uh, to those uh, dizzy heights, to those great heights? Is he going to be able to bridge the gap between United Liverpool and City? Is he going to get them to to those echelons? I think I think in, in, in terms of his tactical ability that's strong no for me. So, tactical ability So, 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 so if it's not any good tactically that means you're just saying that he has to go United have to get a better coach. Yeah, I mean there are, I could probably name five coaches better than him. Ten coaches. <laughs> I think there are a number of coaches better than him. So he's not. So he's not the best man for the job. I don't think he's the best man for the job, right? Yeah. But here's what I do think. Yes. I think he's not the best man for the job at the moment, right? Just like him and Frank, you know. I don't and Perlo. I don't think they are the best people for the job. But like United have clearly decided to do is give him time. So I think with that, it, it also allows him to grow. Let's not forget, he's getting experience. You know, he's, he's acquiring all these things, you know. And United, I mean, besides the 55 penalties they got last season, <laughs> which saved them. Uh, they, they, I mean, defensively, they can improve. But I think as the season went on, they, they got better. They got better, right? I'm not going to sit here and act like they didn't get better. They got better. But is it at the level that we expect them to with the quality of players they have? No. Because look at Pogba. Pogba, for me, he's... I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> like, you know, he just seems a little... Seems, Sometimes when he's running, it looks, I don't know, it looks off. It looks like maybe he's a bit too heavy for himself. I, I don't know what is going on with that. He doesn't look as natural as he was when he was at Juventus, you know? And he was playing next to the best midfielder ever to play football. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look at players like him. 
And I think as well that looking to strengthen for me in positions that are not for me really necessary. You look at, okay, fine. Why aren't they getting a CDM? A top quality CDM who's going to sit there? They've got matted. They've got matted. Really? That's your yeah, top quality yeah, CDM? Good. He's still good. <laughs> he's good, but He's not of that quality. He's no longer of that quality, let me say. Let me put He's no longer of that quality. But if you yeah. look at the available guys, who, who can they go and, and get at, at this very Why? moment? Declan is there, 50 million. Why don't you go get... Okay, listen to me. Why don't you go get Declan Rice? He's young. He's shown to have... I mean, for me, he's probably the same quality as Matic at his age. So... Why don't you go get him? He sits in there with maybe, I don't know, who Pogba, whoever you decide to put into there next to him. And then you have Bruno, and that's your three. Why don't you do that? You know, why get rid of Lindelof? Why do you still want Lindelof? You know, get another center back. You know, they have, it's not like they don't have the money, they have the money. You know, but it's just for me, they, they, they're so stuck on that Sancho deal, they, they can't move forward. I think the attack, I don't think, I don't, I don't think the attack is bad. That's the thing. I think going forward, they probably, last season, they're probably one of the most dangerous front threes, you know. So clearly their attack is not bad. But it's a, for me, it's kind of that balance again that, okay, sit in there. Get Declan Rice, get somebody who's going to sit in there and give them some defensive solution. I understand. So, basically, what Nigel was trying to say, let me explain to you in a Mm. less weird way, in a straightforward way. He was just trying to say that Ole is not the right man for the job. That's all. I guess he's saying Ole is not the right man for the job. But I, I don't think you're right. I think. At the moment, where United are, it's okay, of course, they're trying to improve, but I mm. think this is as good as, as they can get with okay. what they have. This 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 the the best coach they can have at the moment. Who would want to come to work yeah. for the club at the moment? It's, it's a mess. Look at that Hoodward guy. I don't even like him. I think he's, he's terrible for football. I think people like him are terrible for football. People that just want to gain financial whatever. I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. So let me condemn Manchester United fans. As long as Woodward is there, Ole is going to stay there. And uh, 10 more years until you get another Premier League title. <laughs> I've said but I think, in, I think in 10 years' time, it will be good enough. Okay, yeah. let's go to your second favorite team now, Manchester City. I hate the absolute okay. guts of them. I hate them. <laughs> They're gonna be yeah. kicking off uh, versus Wolves next week, uh, their first match of the of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at their chances, okay, because they haven't played much, we, we haven't seen them. Looking at maybe at how sluggish Liverpool were. What mm-hmm. kind of start do Manchester City need to just set a statement that it's not we're not gonna give Liverpool any chance this year? No, I think they need 
they probably need to do what they've always done when they've won the league because I think they need, they need to be very cons- more consistent, very consistent, get those 20, 25 game, you know, no loss, whatever win streaks they go on. Um, I think they need to start strong. They need to send a message, you know. But I also think defensively they need to start off on the right foot. Um, I think they, he needs to have a back line that he trusts, that he plays game in, game out, just like Frank Lampard needs to do. Just trust it, you know. Some of these things may take time for the players to join and to, you know, to, to understand each other. Uh, but I think he needs to do that. And for me, I, I don't think, I think it'll be tight as long as City don't get Koulibaly. If City get Koulibaly, I think it's... I see. But yeah, looking at City's defense, of course, uh, there's some questions, exclamation points, uh, colons, <laughs> semicolons on that defense and everything. But I also wanted to talk about the guy who sits just in front of the defense. I don't okay. trust that guy. I do not trust him uh, defensively. He's not as good as Fernandinho defensively. Maybe with the ball, yes, but as soon as there's some pressure on City, I think he seems to, to just fold. He's, he's a bit weak. He's not strong enough for this league. Or maybe last year he was settling in. But I, I, I haven't liked uh, what I've seen from the guy, especially from a defensive point of, of the game. He doesn't seem to be a good defensive midfield, which he's supposed to be. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think when they have the ball and everything is good, he's, he looks like he's the best defensive midfielder in the world. But when they're suddenly under pressure or he has people running at him, I think he looks a bit shaky. I think, um, I think you know how I feel about Fernandinho in that position. I think if I was at Leeds United or if I was in championship and they said, look, here's 30 million and you can pay 200,000 a week in wages, the only person I'm looking at is Fernandinho. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think if, you know, with uh, Nathan coming back in, I think Fernandinho would take back his role. I think he will sit in front of that platform. So you're saying that Rodri is going to be on the bench and Fernandinho is going to be the starting central mm-hmm. defensive midfielder? I think, I think even um, Pep trusts Fernandinho more okay, in that role. We'll see. I don't trust that Pep guy. He, he doesn't seem <laughs> to be any good. I don't, I don't trust his footballing IQ. I, yeah. I can take his job and do much better. I don't know. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> okay, now yeah, we've wrapped up uh, the Premier League. We're going to look uh-huh. at La Liga now. La Liga came back this weekend and, of course, they had some smaller games. Watched some of them, but I don't think they're, they're good enough to make our show. We have to talk about the big boys who we haven't started yet. They're starting next weekend. I mm-hmm. just wanted to, uh, you know, yeah, let's do a quick uh, preview prediction thing. Who do you think is going to take La Liga? I think it's Roman Madrid. No doubt. No doubt whatsoever. I mean, we look at Barcelona, what's going on in the club. Before we even get to the football, what's going on in the club? I, I see no way. I think Atletico might even beat them this season. 
I I don't think they're not good at <sighs> Okay, and then we come onto the field. You look at the balance of Barcelona. It's off. It's really, really, really off. Um, that back line seems like anything can go through it. <clears throat> you know, um, even that midfield still, I mean, going forward, I mean, they'll always be Barcelona. You know, I don't think they'll ever have problems going forward like that because they have one man. They've managed to keep him in chains for another season. So, <laughs> so I think they'll be all right. Um, but yeah, I think Real Madrid will run away with it. And I think they'll do it convincingly this season. Uh, especially, especially if they can get Hazard back to being Hazard. But we already know how that's going so far in preseason. The man seems to be unfit for whatever reason. Yeah, so yeah. That, <laughs> I, was, I was going to ask you, okay, let me, in fact, let me ask you. Just give us your order for the, the three teams in La Liga. Real Madrid. Yes. Atletico Madrid. Barcelona. This uh, definitely certifies and it just brings out the point. If anyone was at least still believing that Barcelona are any good, this is the Barcelona goal right here, Nigel. has told you. They're finished. Number three in La Liga. I think mm. that's just like relegation to Barcelona. They're the worst team in La Liga now. <laughs> okay, yeah. So now looking at this Barcelona team that's really struggling, looking really poor, I want you to give us how something that they could obviously do if they to have any chance to to win the La Liga this season. What do they have to do? I think it starts off. Obviously, we can talk about the board and you know whatever issues they have going on up there. But even if you look at how they recruit and the type of players they recruit, I've always asked this about Barcelona, you know? I was like, why? Is, what's going on? You know, right now, they're in the market to go get Memphis, Memphis to pay. Why do you need Memphis to pay? For what reason? Look at your back line. There's nothing there. There's nothing, absolutely nothing there. And you're in the market for that guy. Ah, come on. That's, that's, that's nonsense. That is rubbish. I think the whole world can see where the issue is with Barcelona, except them, for whatever reason. Uh, They're blinded. Reason. I, I, I don't know what the issue is. Blinded by I something. Thought, <laughs> I, did think the, I did think the Wanyadam deal, uh, for some reason, it looks like it's just died down. I don't know what's going on there. But I think that would have been a pretty decent purchase. Um, maybe they're waiting to offload players again, you know. They want to offload some guys in before they bring in. That could be another scenario. Who knows? Um, but I don't think they should be in the market for, for pay. I don't think that's sensible at all. Yeah, so uh, they had a friendly, I think two days ago, where Ronald Koeman was saying he changed the formation and everything from that uh, normal 4-3-3 they've used for years, yeah. that outdated tactic, outdated <laughs> tactic for Barcelona. He used a 4-2-3-1 and he was alluding to the press that maybe, maybe just this year, you're going to see a different Barcelona in terms of how we play. We're going to play more defensively. 
is this something that those uh, fans in in Catalonia can accept? Because those fans put massive pressure on on managers. Because I remember Ernesto Valverde, that guy, he was always winning La Liga with them, but they always said they wanted him gone because he was too defensive. See, that's the problem with these, with some of these clubs. But again, Kuman is not there for. I don't think he's there for a long time. Um, I think one season, best two seasons. So, I think for him, if he, you know, if he, if he, which I think is right, I think if he's not going to get the players he wants defensively or the players defensively, I think playing a four-two, four-two, uh, is, is 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 good enough because it gives you that cover as well. You know, the two two guys in front of the defense. Um, uh, and I, but I think if he wins. By some miracle, he wins the La Liga this season uh, and goes decently far in the Champions League. I think uh, I think it will be a pretty good season. I think it's a good season for them, regarding what's happened, you know, in this period of time here. Yeah. Um, I don't think the fans will be happy about it. Like you said, they always want. Uh, tiki Taka and attacking football, yada, 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 yada. But I think he can pray that the fans are not in the stadium this whole season. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk uh, about the champions, the defending champions, most likely to be champions at the end of the season as well. Are they going to improve, uh, you know, all those young kids, Finishas, Rodrigo, all that stuff, and uh, Eden Hazard, who's looking very, very much useless, getting more and more useless by the day. What, what's the prospects for, for Real Madrid? Because, of course, yes, they're most likely to win La Liga, but do they play for La Liga? I think they go into the season, you know, looking at that other big tournament, wanting to yeah, win the tournament. Do they have a chance? Yeah. I think regarding what happened last season, they won La Liga. And obviously, they would want to win it against this season. But I think um, the eyes just shift a bit now, you know, uh, to that, the, the, the big ears, you know. Um, I think now he'll be looking at those young guys and he'll be hoping that they hopefully have matured enough, you know, and they can step into that into that uh, different class that you need if you're going to win that Champions League. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I think the Champions League is a bit of a stretch because um, I still think, you know, Bayern Munich, they could probably go win it again if they wanted. Um, I don't know. This season would actually be tricky. If you look at the Champions League, who doesn't win it if Bayern Munich win it? If Bayern Munich don't win it. Who wins it if Bayern Munich? Chelsea. No way. No way. <laughs> I'm using my heart on this one. Chelsea win the Champions League. If we don't tell. win it, we're going to make the semi-finals this, this year. That's a call, you know. Wait and see. I'm always right. Remember. That's a call. Do you think yeah. Liverpool have a chance this season? Nope. Really? No. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think that's what we'll be looking at Zidane. Those young guys, um, Rodrigo, even the likes of Asensio, just kind of 
you know, step it up a level. He obviously has the experience in the squad. I mean, you know, you look at Sergio Ramos, as much as I don't like him defensively, I think, um, <laughs> I think going forward, he's probably one of the best centre-backs we've seen ever. So, um, yeah, I think, I think they have the experience. They have the quality here and there, but can the young guys step up and do the job? And can Benzema be consistent enough this season, like he was last? Important as well. Okay, very, so very let's look at uh, the younger brothers. If not the younger brothers, you know, the outcasts of, of the city of Madrid. The, mm-hmm. the working class, the ones we have to fight for everything that they have at Mexico <laughs> Madrid. Yes. If, if there's a chance, how much of a mm. chance do you give them mm. of winning the Spanish League title? Like I said, I think they're closer to it than Barcelona. Uh, do I think they can challenge Real Madrid? If Real Madrid don't have a very good season, yes. Because for me, Atletico have always been that squad where sometimes it's really about going forward that they kind of... I know it sounds ridiculous because there's Joao Felix, you know, and the other people. But yeah, like, how many goals can they score? Can they score a lot of goals? It's always been that kind. I don't think... Defensively, I've never doubted them because I think their manager has always drilled them. You know, we all know Atletico, how drilled they are defensively when they have to. But I just think it's that going forward, that creativity, that who gets, you know, who gets the, the goals for them, who gets those high, you know, those high numbers for them. Um, that's always been the issue. But I think if they can do that, then why not? But yeah, as you said, going forward, there's been a problem for Atletico in recent times. Mm-hmm. But the accusation has always been, uh, you know, towards the manager where it seems as if, He's got mm. all his players shackled. He just wants those 11 to defend for the 90 minutes. Maybe That's if you get a goal, you're lucky. But <laughs> it's, not, it's as if sometimes he just tells them, I don't even want you to attack. You don't even have to shoot today. Let's just go and get it. No, no, done, done and dusted. It's a good day. So is it that sometimes it's Diego Simeone who holds them back or, you know, it's something else. What do they have to do to be able to get those the the number of goals that's needed to to win a league title, or um, do they need different personnel in terms of attacking players? Look, I think I don't think they need different personnel. I just think it's the manager that probably just needs to, like you said, unshackle them a bit. You know, uh, let them you know go do what they need to do up front you know, and have somewhat of a trust in his, his defensive players, you know. Because, yes, we know he wants them to be really solid. You'd be lucky to get a goal against Atletico Madrid. So, uh, but that doesn't help in, 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 in gain in when, when you have to score goals, you know. When, you know, you, you, when you want the... the, the, the the La Liga or the, you know, whatever trophy they want, you know. Uh, in the Champions League, it can be a different story, you know, because you're, you're, you're looking at games like, okay, we, we're away from home, you know. 
let's let's shut them out for a little bit. You know, let's shut them out, and then we see how the game. You know, that kind of mentality. We get one on the break, especially when you're playing against sides that are better than you. But it's now a case of, I mean, Atletico are the better team in La Liga. They are one of the better teams in La Liga. So, unshackle the guys. Let them go. You know. I, I don't see what the issue is. You know. I, I get what you're saying now, that they have to be unshackled. I agree with you too, you know, of course, yeah, some extent. But uh, this guy has had them since, I don't know, 2011, of course, on the league title in 2014. But mm-hmm. ever since then, they haven't looked like challenging. And he, he's been given chance after chance after chance to unshackle them a little bit. It seems as if you never unshackle them. So should Atletico perhaps start looking at a future without Diego Simeone? And again, let's just put this out there. This is the most paid manager in the world. I think, yes, I think they should have moved on from him. But it's another question of who do you bring in? Who's going to... Who's gonna really do that? You know, who's gonna come to Atletico, and who's gonna who's gonna then take them to that to that level? You know, uh, where they've always been kind of knocking at the door in a way. Um, it's also another issue, you know. Um, so I think right now maybe they just could be really content with where they are, where they're not really falling off per se, but they're not really going anywhere, you know? Uh, so I think they, they could be in a sort of dilemma here where they just, do, they don't really know what to do. They don't really know what to do. And if you let, Diego Simeone, I think he's one of the best coaches. So it's now, okay, you, you let him go, who do you bring in? You know, it's another issue. Yeah. But going forward, I don't think, I don't think he sh- he's the man. Because just, because of his tactical style of his, you know, that. I understand. So, yeah, let's move on to the Italian game. Italiano. Okay, okay. Serie A Calcio. (laughs) Yeah, this is a league I've looked at, and to me, this year just seems to be a two-horse race between... Inter. What was that? That was my chair. <laughs> wow. Ah, sorry, technical difficulties. <laughs> what was that? Ah, uh, okay. I see what's happening. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, looking at uh, Italian Serie A, for me personally, I think this is going to be a two-horse race. Uh, between mm-hmm. Juventus and uh, Internazionale Le Milano, whatever the full name is, Inter Milan. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to get a preview and prediction of yours. Uh, I'm not trusting Pelo, but I don't know what you're thinking. Who's going to win this league? I don't, I don't know about Pelo. He's never managed before. Not even in the 19th under 18 so just going off that you instantly look at Inter Milan you know uh, apparently 
he got the under 23s job at Juventus nine days before they sacked Sari and made him the head coach. Nine days. <laughs> he has nine days experience, my friend. <laughs> he has about the same experience I have. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I just think of that. I think I'll say Inter Milan. But it, as well, you know, the quality in that Juventus side is is not something you can just, you know, turn a blind eye on. Um, so I think that, that kind of makes it... It's one of those, you know, when Pep, when they say Pep takes over a side with some of the best players in the world in their positions, and you're now looking at... You know, so... Yeah, I, I'll go Inter and then I'll go Juventus. But I don't know. They have Ronaldo. It's Ronaldo. <laughs> I'm going to support you when it comes to this. I think Inter Milan should win this Serie A title. If they don't win it this year, I don't uh, think they won't win. They won't win it for a very, very long time because this is their biggest chance. True. They've got true. a. It's not the best squad, but it's quite solid for for the Serie A. I think they can go on and win it versus an inexperienced Juventus side uh, in terms of the coach. Of course, the players are very experienced and whatnot. Mm. But if Inter Milan don't win it this year, I'm just afraid they, they won't win it ever again. Because now at the moment, I think the squad is between that space where there's some good mm. players and, of course, not so good players. But it's before Antonio Conte kills that squad with his ridiculous transfer deals like Kolarov, Arturo Vidal. Maybe he's probably going to bring Peter Crouch into Inter Milan as well. He wants like <laughs> these very, very weird players. Good coach, yeah. my favorite coach, but I just don't understand some of his transfer requests and transfer demands. No, but don't you think it's a case of he brings in players that he knows are going to work well with his system? You know, no matter the age, no matter the the maybe quality of the player, but he knows if I bring this player in here, he's going to do a job for me. You know, I just think the the questionable thing, I don't question whether he, he he's um, his use of the player when the player comes in or whatever. I don't question that. What I question is maybe some, you know, the quality sometimes you may bring in. And, you know, age is a different thing. I mean, color of, I mean, really. But <laughs> that's where I kind of have it, the quality brings in. Just the quality. Yeah, that's why I don't understand with Antonio Conte. He's, he does just these things that just surprise you. You see, they bought Hakim. He was wonderful at Dortmund and He's, he's a right wing back, a natural wing back. You see, he's yeah. going to bench him for Kandrev or something like that. I, I'm telling you right now, the guy will just do some weird stuff. And also looking at Juventus now, it's going to yeah. be interesting tactically because they're friendly. Watch their friendly yesterday. Andrea Pilo is also now using what Antonio Conte taught him. The same 3-5-2 formation, making Juventus play the 3-5-2 Antonio Conte used to make them, you know, play when he was the head coach of uh, Juventus. Mm -hmm. 
ah, this fellow guy, I just don't know what to expect. I'm sorry. Maybe you, you, can, you can say some nice things about him. Yeah, I think he was the best midfielder ever, ever in world football. No, no one comes close to Pelo, you know. But in terms of managing, I don't know. I don't know. He's yet to convince me because he hasn't managed anything. So, um, I don't know. what. Do you think that's the formation he sticks to? Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. You know, he hasn't had this team for a very long time. He's still... In case, you know, as supporters, we should be trying to find out what system is he going to play? Does he know himself? And the big problem with Pelo at the moment is he also doesn't even have any idea of how maybe he's still finding himself as a young coach. He doesn't really know what he's doing. So I guess we'll just find out when they step onto the pitch. But I agree with you. See, uh, he's for Inter Milan this year. If they don't win it. Do you think, do you think that 3-5-2 works at Juventus? Not at the moment. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. We'll see. Okay. You've, we've, <laughs> we've been surprised before. Maybe Pelo does whatever he's yeah. doing, wins Serie A. Finally, Juventus win the Champions League after so long, 20 plus years. I think it's now 24 years. Maybe. I don't that's know. I'm just saying surprising. That's another surprising one for me. You'd think that since they're chasing the Champions League, I mean, they brought in Ronaldo to win the Champions League, you would think he would go with someone who is probably more capable of winning in the Champions League. But I don't know. It's a surprising one. Surprising one. That's what happens when a football club owner is surrounded by complete idiots. Pavel Nedved is a complete idiot. Fabio Paratage, those guys surrounding the owner of Juventus, complete idiots. That's why mm. Juventus will not go anywhere. I'm sorry, Juventus fans. I think this year you might be third in Syria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they would hang themselves. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now, yeah, let's look at uh, another league, the French League. PSG mm. must say, PSG, of course, they're by far the best team in their league. But for some reason, two games in, two losses for PSG. Should they start getting worried? Yeah, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> no way. That was a I quick think, response. I think you look at Neymar, Di Maria. I think they had one training session before they before they played the the last match, the crazy match. Um, yeah, but I, I <laughs> no. The the only noticeable difference is at the back. That man that left them. You can see it. You can see it. You can't run away from it. It's there. <laughs> I think someone is just trying to praise his team, yeah. Someone is just trying to praise Chelsea. Um, I, I... And I think the manager knew it because he tried to get him to stay. He tried his best, but look, I think Champions League for them this season is going to be interesting. I think the league, the league, uh, they're gonna win it as usual, but you know the Champions League would be very interesting for them this year. So we won't talk about uh, Liga anymore because already know it's <laughs> finished. We're gonna talk about everything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Okay, yeah, so this channel is not only about uh, soccer, yeah. football, you know, it depends, whatever you call it. We've got an American audience, so sometimes we might have to call it soccer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, never. <laughs> Yo, so, so, yeah, let's look at mm. uh, the Tuscany uh, Grand Prix yesterday. Yes. Of course, my guy won it. I'm joking, he's not my guy. I know he's your guy. Obviously, he's always wins it. But what's been <laughs> happening, I've noticed that past two weekends, two red flags in, in, in a race, the safety cars, all that nonsense that's been going on. I don't know what happened. And I think this weekend was just, it was crazy. <laughs> it was red flag after red flag. Um, I think the first incident happens in lap one with Verstappen. Um I don't know what happens there. And then we have another one around lab seven or eight again. And I think that was the big one. That was the big one when they had the safety car and then Bottas yes. accelerate. And then he slows down again. And then people think the race is, you know, the race is on. And then boom. And uh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. I just, I just, Thankful that everyone's okay. But, yeah, I think it's just this season is going to be another case of Lewis Hamilton showing his quality and no doubts whatsoever. He wins it again. Apparently, he said after the race that, you know, you were saying that the guys in charge of the race, they're putting everyone's life risk with the way that they've been conducting themselves, especially in these incidences of the red flag. He was actually defending Bottas as well as you have done. That uh, some of these things they're not making sense uh, and it's actually mm -hmm. causing more harm, more accidents and I think it was Carlos Sainz who actually got a, an injury from the safety car, switching off late and doing all those other things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, yesterday it was some people were saying that um, was the inexperience from the drivers, you know, as well um, with that incident. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know about that. About that. About really how you know who was wrong and who was right. I think we can sit here and say anyone really, because if you look at um, was it was science? Who was it? Who hit? Who started the incident off? I don't know, someone, oh, it was uh, Kevin. Um, yes, exactly. Because uh, he thinks the race, is, the race is on. But then uh, someone in front of him slams the brakes and then, you know, he goes into him and then that, 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 that goes on. Um, but again, I think we also saw Hamilton complaining about this. I don't remember which race it was when the safety car came, came out and he was complaining about, about these guys as well in their race to them. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is going on there, but yeah, I all see. I know is ladies are not, they're not on, they're from, from another planet. I see. <laughs> but of course, yeah, now Formula One has uh, become uh, this sport where people drive around in these uh, cars for around uh, 70, 60, depending on the race, laps. And at the end of the day, Louis Hamilton wins. Those are the rules of the game. 
I just wanted to ask, uh, as a casual mm. Formula One fan, mm-hmm. is uh, the continuous winning of Lewis Hamilton good for the Formula One? Uh, I think it's, it's 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 like in football, where you have this one team like Barcelona did years ago when they set the bar, and then everybody kind of had to come and try and get onto that level. And I just think it's the similar case, it's a similar case here where you have that racer setting that, the racer and his car setting that standard. And then everybody now kind of has to try and, and, and get there. So for me, I think it's good for it. I think Hamilton is, 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 is good for, for Formula One and him winning is very good for me on. <laughs> yeah. But obviously it's kind of I've I've I've, I've got yeah, I've uh, got nothing uh, bad to say about the guy. I think mm-hmm. personally he's the best Formula One driver ever. Mm-hmm. He's certainly up there. He's gonna break uh Michael Schumacher's uh, records and everything like that. He's gonna be the best ever driver. But uh, uh, oh boy, I can't wait for him to go so that my guy Charles Leclerc can start winning these things. Uh, not if Max has the say in it. Max first up in. Uh, I think I think he's probably the next guy. The, I think he's the next guy for sure. We'll see. We're gonna be following at uh, the next race from the Formula One, which is coming up very very soon. We're gonna do another review. And uh, hopefully by then, Ferrari, that useless company, do something to help my guy Charles Leclerc what to win something. Ferrari. They're just what? useless. Wow. 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 I haven't, I, wow. I haven't seen such a decline anywhere <laughs> in any sport. <laughs> yeah, but, and it, it and I don't think Sebastian Vettel is going to be is going to even be trying for the remainder, you know, of this uh, campaign because you know he's going somewhere else. Yeah, he seems to be not in the right standing with the Ferrari guys. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now uh, we are going to put uh, Nigel out of his comfort zone. We're gonna talk U.S. Open. I have- <laughs> No idea. <laughs> Did you at least hey, watch the highlights? <laughs> I watched the highlights for uh, Naomi Osaka's yeah, match. She's and I know her. I know her because, I mean, it's Naomi Osaka. I mean, she's probably going to be the next, you know, brand of tennis. You know, the, 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 that person, you know. Um, so I only know her because of that and only because she's dating a rapper. So, yeah. <laughs> You're crazy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she won the US uh, Open. Uh, this is a third Grand Slam in uh, seven She won major. the US Open twice, right? Yeah. She won it twice. In okay. seven major tournaments. So, yeah, she's uh, closing the gap very fast. Of course, still very far from Serena. But just looking at her, she is the one who's going to take over whenever Serena decides to call it quits because I think mm-hmm. she's, she's building herself as a brand 
on the court mm -hmm. and off the court with all the racial injustice stuff she's now also doing speaking out on that stuff and you know she's the next big 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 team when it comes to the females tennis and also the men's US Open had a new winner and uh, Nigel didn't bother to watch the match Dominic Tim <laughs> winning the US Open for the men what happened to I saw there was an incident with uh, Novak Djokovic. What happened? Yeah, of course, coming into the tournament, he was the favorite to win it because his rivals Nadal and Roger Federer had decided that they weren't coming, going to compete in the US Open for different several personal reasons. So mm. apparently, yeah, when Djokovic was playing his match, you know how you get frustrated on the court and everything. Yeah. So he just hits a ball. And it hits oh. one of the judges in the throat. So now that's how they defaulted him using US open terminology. Yeah. Wow. That's tough. <laughs> that is tough. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did you, do it, did you do it on purpose though? It was a mistake. From where I was sitting, it looked like a mistake when I was, you know, because I was one of the lucky guys who was allowed uh, into the flashing middles main court. I, I was, from the angle I was sitting, it was like uh, 65 yeah. degrees. It just looked as if it was a mistake. It didn't look intentional. He, he was very sorry afterwards. I thought yeah. maybe giving him a fine was going to be something that was going to make it at, at least better, but not, you know, taking away his whole chance to win the, the tournament. Yeah, the but, you know, People in charge gotta do what people in charge gotta do. They disqualified him. Just like, oh yeah. So yeah, so that was it uh, for this week of uh, the TNN show. We're gonna see you guys uh, next week uh, with some more reviews. And if anything is to go by from this episode, you know, I'll be saying the right things. Nigel is always wrong. I'm always right. That's life. Thank you for watching.